Hey students, this is Albert Luna here, Editor-in-Chief at The Roundup. Just want to say that this episode of the NMSU Roundup Sports Podcast is brought to you by Casa Bandera Apartments. Students, if you're anything like us here at The Roundup, you know that with spring break around the corner, you have to start thinking about where you're going to be living next school year. Instead of having to move all your belongings in and out on one day of the year and have to have RAs constantly knocking at your door with on-campus housing, why not go across the street to Casa Mandera and enjoy peace and privacy? Casa Mandera is now taking fall pre-leasing applications for one, two, and three bedroom floor plans. The apartments also come with game rooms, a resort-style pool for everyone, basketball courts, and a fitness center. Schedule your visit today by calling 575-647-0881 or logging on to casabandera.com. Again, that is 575-647-0881 or logging on to casabandera.com. Casa Bandera, where convenience meets excellence. Also, students wanted to take some time to talk about one of our other sponsors today, Neon Desert Music Festival. Students, your favorite music festival of the year is almost here. Neon Desert Music Festival in downtown El Paso is getting closer and closer as it's set to take place on May 26th and 27th. Lineups have already been announced, and they include Martin Garrix, Gucci Mane, and Dylan Francis, all performing live in person. We will be talking more about this as this gets closer, but tickets are now on sale, so be sure not to miss out. Log on to Neon Desert Music musicfestival.com to get your spot secured for the best music festival in the southwest and also lastly students a reminder from nmsuroundup.com that we are now on the apple podcast app be sure to subscribe to us and give us a rating while you're there with that being said students we'll see you all next time on nmsuroundup.com and now to the podcast Welcome to another episode of the NMSU Roundup Sports Podcast. My name is Albert Luna. Pleased to be joined here with Jonah Gallegos. Jonah, how are you doing? Doing good. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, no, definitely. So obviously for listeners, um, I'm not Derek Gonzalez. Um, I am not at Derek Gonzalez34 on Twitter. The legend. Uh, yeah. He is actually right now in San Diego, and we were trying for a little bit this morning to try to get him to call in on, on the pod and stuff like that. Not necessarily technical difficulties as much as he's pretty busy out there. Yeah. Um, I know there's a, a presser he's about to go to and then open practices later on today. And he's actually going to try to get a an interview with the Wichita State head coach to kind of write an article of how Chris Jans is basically uh, how, how much he's learned from uh, when he was a, an assistant over there as well. So, yeah, so Derek obviously won't, isn't hosting this week's podcast, but... Me and Jonah are going to talk for a little bit just on the NCAA tournament and specifically NMSU. Um, since we haven't done a podcast since then, I wanted to bring Jonah on because first off, you were at the WAC tourney last yeah, last week, was. which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we could just start from there. Like, first off, how was your experience there at the tourney? I don't think I've even. Asked, I think I kind of asked you yeah. like, somewhat, but like, I guess additionally from that, how have you like? How 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 did you see the team? Um, over there, uh, maybe grow. Was there certain areas that um, I know that second game was kind of scary and kind of the Grand Canyon yeah. game in the first half? But um, yeah, specifically, like, did you see um, did you see anything from there that um, you're taking into like like a mindset that you're taking into watching this uh, this yeah. game on Friday? Yeah, I, I saw the old you know the old enemies team we saw in the beginning of the season. Honestly, yeah. They just seemed back to their to their winning ways, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, their defense was back to normal. Shooting wise, they haven't shot three that good in a while since the probably uh, Utah Valley game yeah. here. 
and even Coach Allen said it. You know, they he doesn't he doesn't know his team as a three point shooting team, and uh, you know they really just had confidence. And even in the press conferences, they were just relaxed after the Seattle game. You know, Seattle's been playing really well lately, as Coach Jan said as well. Mm-hmm. But after that game, Jan was just calm about GCU, and I told Derek too, but Derek was telling me, you know, dude, uh, I'm kind of worried about the GCU game. I was like, no, like Jan's in the room. He just has them. They're they're fine. And obviously, it showed in that game. Uh, their defense is just and like phenomenally the end he has people stepping up like Keon Jones. Keon Jones before yeah. wasn't uh, wasn't know, really in the rotation that much you know, either. Jan said he was hurt and you know, he had a hard time uh, like battling back from that injury. Huh. So I mean he had a couple of steals those games. He had six three point three pointers in the, the yeah. second game of the Seattle. Yeah, game, right? Seattle yeah. Game. So he's they I guess have players stepping up at the right time and they're peaking at the right time. Yeah. And they're just you know, they're back to their anyway, back when we saw them to end at the like the Illinois games and Miami and yeah. UNM games. Yeah. So I'm not too worried and I feel like we could see our first tournament win since what, nineteen ninety three, but technically since everything's vacated at this school, nineteen seventy yeah. was the last time. Where I think there was like thirty two teams or something yeah, like that. So, so I would say nineteen seventy. Yeah. Technically nineteen seventy, that's what they'll say. Uh, that'll be kind of weird, actually, because like I'd imagine a lot of people are when they covered if they were to win, they'd probably be like first time since nineteen seventy or maybe nineteen ninety three, and then like asterisk, and then like oh nineteen seventy, oh, yeah, vacated wins or something. I don't know what they're gonna put because obviously they're still putting New Mexico as the opponent. I think we're up to like twenty seven times. I've been seeing yeah. Jason Groves' uh, little column that he keeps updating. Yeah, it's and there is just one I saw right now actually when I was in class that uh, the women's um, were. Confused. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Saw that. So someone like, I guess someone. It's on Google. Yeah, on Google, if yeah. you put in UNM women's basketball, <laughs> it says that there's two games because they're both in the WNIT, mm-hmm. and so there's two games that are being played at six thirty and one at seven. Obviously, MSU is playing against Wyoming, mm-hmm. and then I don't know who they. Yeah. I, they're playing, but they're playing somewhere else at like six thirty, and it's just the funniest thing. Even Google <laughs> gets it wrong for women. It's it's really funny. Yeah, it's frustrating too, but yeah, it's it's. Funny. It's funny yeah. how many people react on Twitter. Yeah, I saw I saw Paul Weir. I mean, like I saw Paul Weir uh, put out oh, a tweet yeah. congratulating MSU on their win, and then he was like, "He's like, oh, hopefully one day we'll get nationally recognized enough to not get confused with yeah, each other." I thought that was trying funny. to buy the Aggie fans for the back. I like yeah, it. Yeah, so. it probably won't happen. But, yeah. I mean, good attempt. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so yeah, so we're gonna talk real quick on Clemson, um, and and yeah, we'll kind of get into it. Obviously. I feel like we've been like talking about this matchup for so long. Mm-hmm. Me and Derek have in the office, and a lot of people around the office too. We actually have a, a tournament challenge that we're doing uh, for some cash here at the Roundup. We'll talk about my bracket, right? Or maybe all of our brackets right yeah, now. Ahead, yeah. I'm actually, as we're recording this, I am following the, the Penn and Kansas game. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, Penn is only down. Penn's only down six, man. Okay, second half, 12 minutes ago, they're down six. Anyways, I don't know if you're watching that on your phone right now or you're watching another one. No, I just got my notes right now. But I oh, okay, it great. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, anyways. So, but anyways, honing back into NMSU, Clemson. Um, obviously, this is the highest seed the Aggies have been since 2010 when they took a Michigan State team. I think that was an overtime game that they played yeah. in 2010, right? Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, and I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. And so... This is the highest seed they've been since then. They haven't won a game since 93. A lot of people are, and obviously the, the 12s are usually seeded as those mid-majors that are on a hot streak right now or have gotten hot lately. So it's basically um, your, your premier mid-majors, right, that 
uh, won their conference tournament more or less. Yeah. And then the fives are usually those teams that are obviously the majors, but they they kind of faded. They started off hot and they faded. And you can really see that all across the board with the five seats with Kentucky, West Virginia, Ohio State, and then obviously Clemson. Clemson got off to a hot start, but I think they I think they won like three of ten or what was yeah, it going into this matchup, right. something like that. But anyway, so if you want to talk a little bit like on the matchup, what do you see from Clemson and how do you just see NMSU matching up against these guys? Yeah, well, first of all, I feel like we got the, the better pick out of the five Definitely. Out there, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah, Clemson, uh, reading a couple of articles about them, and they lost their best player, uh, Grant. Grant Grantham, yeah. Grantham, yeah, there we go. And uh, so, I mean, uh, I read a couple of things saying that they're more of a guard oriented team now. You know, the guard really step up, they can defend well. They're, uh, I think, 29th in the nation in scoring defense. Aggies are top 10, so it's going to be a uh, you know, a defensive game. It's gonna be a low-scoring game too. Uh, you know, but our guards are good as well. You know, AJ's really taking control of the team. AJ Harris. Uh, we have uh, an underrated player, I think, is Sean Buchanan. Mm. He really steps up when AJ's off the floor, and he handles the offense really well. He's a he's a pesky. He's he's just that that backup that you need. Yeah. Um, he brings energy. Mm-hmm. He he's he's okay on defense. He's good, and he's um he can just. He's, he's just that pesky backup yeah. that like every team needs at the point guard position. Yeah, and he really doesn't get the attention he deserves. And I feel like, I, I said this before, that NMG has, a, I don't know, maybe one of the best benches I've seen in quite a while. They, they really... Like, you have Eli Chua coming off the bench. Yeah. Like, he was... He was a starter last year. Yeah, he was a starter, arguably, um, after Braxton, mm-hmm. you know, that 1B, um, or Braxton... Uh, Ian Baker, yeah, so, yeah. Um, he was like 1B in terms of like the offense, and now he's coming off the bench. It's a stacked team, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Clemson only has three uh, players with tournament experience. Aggies have about five, you know. Experience does make a difference in, in this kind of tournament. I'm not saying it's going to be a, like a difference maker. But, I mean, Aggies rebound well. They're consistent. They have Jamario Jones. So, even Jamario said in a press conference, he said, you know, we have three uh, grown men in this tournament. Referencing him, Zach and Jonathan Wilkins, and they really do. Zach, any player can go off in the tournament, and that makes a difference. Well, Zach had a good first round game last year when he was at Texas Southern. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and I I voted for Zach at the as a conference uh, tournament MVP because mm-hmm. he had a good couple three games, thirty one points against Seattle, and I think it was like twenty two against. GCD. I think his scoring gets taken for granted sometimes because it's just always such a it's constant. Just, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, and of course Jamario had you know record record-breaking uh, rebounds in that game. But, yeah. You know, we have Zach Lofton, and, and we just have a good supporting cast, and I'm not too worried. You know, Clemson, uh, you know, they're, obviously I read just their guards, and they have a good defender called, I forgot his name, but he, he might be, he's six foot nine. He might be put on Zach Lofton, which might give us trouble, but that just gives other players opportunities yeah. to step up, like AJ, and yeah. even Keon Jones with a three-point shot, so. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and so I guess just kind of like, and, and you see this a lot, this is, there's a lot of people that are picking NMSU, obviously. Mm-hmm. They're kind of, even though maybe not like compared to what they were on that on that streak in December, but they're pretty hot right now, yeah. and they're catching fire lately, yeah. um, especially like with the way, I really like the way that they played in that second half against Grand Canyon. I feel like oh, they yeah. just locked them up, basically, and defense is their identity. Um, and so I feel like with that, there's now a, I feel like, there's a lot of people that have been picking NMSU, and you've seen it. Charles Barkley, I know uh, former President Obama even picked him. <laughs> yeah. um, gosh, I think I read something where 
they're actually the most, um, of all the 12 fives, they've been picked by like 50 something percent really? of wow. brackets. So I, that was either on, I don't want to say ESPN, it was either ESPN or like CBS yeah. one, one of those two. But basically like of all the 12 fives, those are, that's the one that's being picked that's the most. Crazy. So if there's four matchups that could be picked, that's the one that's getting 50% of the yeah. upsets basically in 12 five matchups. And that, it does make sense because I do feel like if we're going like through seeding, I feel like Clemson might be the worst five seed and then Miss yeah. might be the best 12 seed. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, even Davidson, I think they were sitting at like less than 20 wins. Um, the other one for Ohio State, wasn't it like South Dakota State? Yeah, South Dakota yeah. State. And then the other one was Murray State, West Virginia. That seems like one of the most boring games I think you can watch. West Virginia, Murray State. Yeah, one of the didn't they just? Didn't that one just end? Yeah. I mean, in, no way. There is someone who just ended. I'm getting these confused already. No, I'm thinking of. Um, I was thinking of uh, Wright State in Tennessee. Oh, I'm sorry, that, that one was, was a blowout. Yeah, that was a boring game. Um, but anyways, so yeah, I. Um, okay. By the way, Penn is only down. Okay, they're down eight now. I'm just saying this is anyways. So, uh, I'm uh, this is like I'm not gonna lie. I'll just say it now. I picked Penn um, to beat Kansas in my in my brackets, and I'm just gonna go on like a quick one minute tangent. I know this has nothing to do with MSU, ahead, yeah. but I picked Penn because first off, I don't think I don't think that the the Ivy League is getting the respect that it deserves. Usually, when the Ivy League like don't get me wrong, yeah, the Ivy League's not like yeah. 16 seed is horrible for an Ivy League team. Usually, like Ivy Leagues, like you look at Harvard, they were like a 12 seed just like three years ago, and yeah. then you fast forward three years later, and the winner of the Ivy League is like a 16 seed. Not even the WAC is like a 16 yeah. seed. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's 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 one of the best 16 seeds you've had in a while. And the other thing I was saying is that both Kansas and Penn love to shoot threes. Look like they they I think Penn. I gotta check. I think in the Ivy League, like they broke some kind of record for three-point attempts or something like that. They love to shoot threes. Kansas loves to shoot threes, and I've been saying this from the beginning. I was arguing with Derek over this. Yeah, Derek was really heated. He was heated about this, but all I'm saying is that if it gets into a shootout, anything can happen. Yeah. Right now, it's not necessarily a shootout because they're in the 50s, but 59-51, seven minutes left. Never happened before. I think this is the best chance it has. So once we finish this, I'm gonna go watch this because it's gonna be fantastic. Anyways, like a Kansas to win the whole thing. Well, I'll just say this, and this is kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but let's just say, let's say MSU is able to do it. Yeah. Let's say they're able to pull off the upset against Clemson. By the way, Clemson is, I don't, I don't think this can be underemphasized enough. Clemson's flying all the way from one coast to the other, all right? Now, I know Las Cruces is not necessarily on the West Coast, but they're way closer than Clemson is. And I just feel like the different time, three different time zones you're flying across I think that might be worth like a point or two at yeah, the end of the day. Yeah, I think it's not like it's not like ten points or anything like that, but it could be a point or two here or there. Maybe you, you it, it's just hard to say. But um, but anyways, so the next thing I kind of want to look on is just because this is like a whole weekend's worth of basketball. Yeah. Um, if MSU was to win now, if they were to win any kind of game in the NCAA tournament, this would be just crazy. Yeah. Obviously, this is a what twenty. When we're going on 25, right? Because 1993, so yeah, so yeah, 25 years. Um, but at the same time, if they were to get a, uh, if they were to win, I just kind of want to just, I want to just point out to people how realistic if they were to win that first game, that how how realistic it would be to maybe get into the Sweet 16. And they'd be playing the winner of Auburn and Charleston. Yeah. I think the last time I saw Auburn's favored by more than 10 points. So wow. I really don't think that would be too 
I don't unless there's a major upset there. Auburn, me and Derek were talking about this, and I know uh, I think he's talked to you about this. The Auburn game, if they were to obviously beat Clemson, I feel like that is also a winnable game. Yeah. I don't think it's something that's like um, they're going to go in as anything more than like I don't know six point underdog, seven point underdog into a game like that. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? If yeah. they were to advance and play Auburn, yeah, like you said, uh, Auburn's kind of like Clemson, like the other five seeds. Like they really got in. They kind of struggled at the end of the season. Yeah. And they got in at the large bid and whatnot. And I mean, I, I, it is a winnable game, and I'm, I think Mexico State could get to Sweet Sixteen, play hopefully Kansas, and Kansas. But That's where it comes into if Kansas loses to Penn, then anything. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know much about Auburn, but it definitely is a, a winnable game. I, I've seen Auburn play a couple of times. I mean, they don't look too good. They they kind of remind me of a Kentucky, where they kind of struggle a little bit, but definitely too. Yeah, I like the there. Kentucky comparison. Um, obviously, Bruce Pearl. He's he's done a good job since he's gotten there. He's kind of put that program in a better place. I I honestly don't remember Auburn in the mid two thousands like even having a basketball team. Now that yeah. I think of it, I remember. I know uh, former UTEP coach Tony Barbie was the head coach yeah. there for like five years. I know the Aggie players. Remember Casey Rothmuller we got like in a fight each other. Like, I think he transferred there. Oh really? After that, so, oh. yeah, he was there for maybe a year or two. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's not necessarily like um. I just feel like it would be a winnable game. And so what I'm trying to say is basically, NMSU has been in a Sweet 16 since 1992. And we're really doing by the book except 1970, obviously. But if you had to put a, if you had to put maybe some odds on it, well, would you, wouldn't you say that this is the best position that they've been in to advance to a Sweet 16? Yeah. Not only win a game, but advance to that, that third round, or I guess in the, Technically, isn't it the fourth round? Or yeah, it's, I don't know. It's so confusing. For the it's, first yeah, round. I don't know. I don't know why they don't just call the first four. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. but would you? I think if we were putting odds on it, this is the best odds that they've had in terms of matchups, potential matchups to advance to a Sweet Sixteen. Um, maybe, maybe that than they've had in the last ten yeah. years of making uh, tourneys, basically. Yeah, we had Baylor last year, and yeah, it just yeah, it really does feel different. Auburn and the only type of opponent maybe is Kansas if they come out. So, well, they would get in the Sweet Sixteen just by beating Clemson and Auburn. Yeah. And so obviously, like round of thirty-two is nice and all, but Sweet Sixteen, it's like you're traveling in a new location. You're going into, um, you're going to the regional, like final. Yeah. Um, well, you'd go to the regional final location at oh, least, yeah. right? So it's like it's a big deal. Um, I don't know. I feel really pumped about it. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I. Uh, well, actually, we have a lot of people in our in our office that have NMSU winning at all. Yeah, we did. I just, uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're great. They're great people, but I mean, let's not get carried away at the same time. But there is so many people, not only here, but in just like just around the just around like the country that are picking that's picking NMSU. Yeah. They're that trendy pick right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that that's something to really look forward to. Yeah. Um, who do you have winning in your bracket? I thought Kansas did. Yeah. And, and and there's nothing to know is uh, uh, Mexico State travels really well. At, when I was at the WAC tournament, you know, there's tons of fans there. And now that we're so close to San Diego and whatnot, and we have a lot of fans in Arizona as well, as we yeah. saw in Arizona Bowl. I guess travel, it, it'd be fun to see how many fans show up and how loud it, it should get. Yeah. Clemson, like you said, is just way over there. And Yeah, I, they would all have to jump on a plane. Yeah. And with here, I mean, I'm not saying it's like, four-hour drive like it was to Tucson, yeah. but 
I mean, it's still what maybe nine hours from here or yeah, ten, 10 hours. I think months. to San Diego, yeah. still a long way to think about it, but still. Um, but yeah, so so I guess like other than MSU, is there any other? Um, or you know, what, I want to circle back one more time on one subject. Um, if MSU was to win or to lose, basically from maybe what you've heard, obviously now there's an elephant in the room of. How much? How likely do you think it would be that they're able to retain uh, Chris Jan as the head coach? Um, just from everything you heard, maybe yeah. you heard anything up in Vegas I or did, yeah. yeah. I've heard a couple of stuff. Yeah. So obviously as a journalist, you have to be fine with law. So I've heard that you know Coach Jan has made pretty to keep it simple, pretty big investments here in Cruces. Mm. So so I mean that could be a hint that maybe he had plans to stay, but you know you never know. Investments like houses or yeah, like a house, like he's bought a house and whatnot. Mm. And so, I mean, that made that was a positive for me to hear, and uh, I know I've heard his wife talk, and I've talked to his wife a couple of times, and she's really always thanking the you know the fans and and the Las Cruces residents here for just kind of welcoming him with open arms and whatnot. Yeah. So that, that's that's that makes me like more at ease. But you know, you never know as we you know, as Paul Weir, but I think you know, Paul Weir thing though came out of nowhere. Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. Too, I feel right? like. I feel like the Paul Weir thing, it literally was like, oh, here's a random ESPN report that Paul Weir has been considered, and then yeah. two days later, oh, Paul Weir is going to take the job, and then and then it seemed like it seemed like Gary Carruthers woke up to the news just like all of us did, and he was yeah. like, oh, well, we try to give incentives on the contract. I mean, that just never had a chance, but, <laughs> but, but no, anyways, um, so my thing is, like, obviously, so the Paul Weir thing, I feel like it was a little different with this. Multiple people have been saying from the beginning, wow, Chris Jans might leave. I yeah. And it kind of seemed like for for the weird thing, it was always like, yeah, he's gonna he, he's gonna be a great coach at another school one day in three years, right? It went really fast. Whereas this, I I don't think anyone would be I think more people would be surprised if he were to not get interviewed somewhere this yeah. summer, rather or probably this spring. Obviously, the hires are very quick. If he was not to get interviewed somewhere or be in consideration for somewhere, rather than um, rather than just like staying put and just kind of I, I don't know, just like staying put where he is right now. Um, so where do you kind of not exactly where do you see him going, but where do you maybe put those possibilities at? If you it doesn't have to be a percentage or anything like that, but um, but yeah, like where do you kind of see him going? Uh, well, I've heard like uh, Colorado State. Colorado State, yeah. yeah. And you know, I haven't really heard much else, but I know they were hard, they're looking into hiring the, a women coach too as well. Colorado State, I believe. Oh wow! Yeah, so I mean that. I mean that's cool. Yeah. That thing, but yeah, Chris Jans. That's all I've heard so far. But I've heard. Um, I've heard from people that he that it wouldn't be shocking if he just goes back west. Or yeah. Back east. Uh, yeah. Um, kind of to the Missouri Valley Conference mm-hmm. um, in one of those schools where his old. Where his old team used to be, basically, maybe not Wichita State exactly, but you know, somewhere in that area. Yeah, and I like to think too. I mean, Chris Jones has put a lot into you know coming here. He, this, he, he, told, he said before that this program has history of winning, and he had different kind of pressure coming to this because this you know the teams went once so much as so like like when he went to, uh, was it Bowling Green? Yeah, and Bowling Green. Yeah. Like, yeah. They didn't have that much success, so I mean he didn't have that much pressure on him. So I feel like I don't know. I feel like. I don't know. I feel like he's secure here for a while. I, th- I think he'll 
go kind of handle what he, you, you yeah. brought here for a couple of years. So. I really hope he stays. Um, it would just, I just feel like it'd be very disheartening for, <laughs> for the program. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just really hard for to have that much turnover basically three years in a row. Yeah, he's just really still cool be consistent. Guy yeah. I mean, you would literally go from, you would go from Marvin to Paul now to Chris to another coach. And Marvin was just here in 2016. Yeah. So you're talking 2016 to 2018, and literally two two yeah. two calendar years. How long was Menzies here? Eight Menzies was here like nine years. No, he must have been here longer. He was hired in the mid-2000s. Because I know he came from Louisville. Yeah. I know Paul got there in 2011 or 2010, but Menzies was already in like his third year. I want to say he was here nine years. Yeah, that was something yeah. like that. So he, I want to say nine years. Um, I want to say he was hired in O, because I know he was, anyways. I want to say 05 or 06. No, that still wouldn't make any yeah. sense because because he took over for Theus and Theus went to go coach the Kings in 2000. And I must admit, no, that actually might fit like 2008, I think, is when he went to go coach. Is, yeah. So, yeah, it was probably about eight or nine seasons, something like that. Um, but, anyways, he, um, I just don't know how you could say relevant during that time for four years of coaching turnover. Yeah. It'd be tough. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, here's hoping that he does stay, obviously. Um, Derek would be heartbroken. I was all about, but Derek would take it so hard. Derek would take it the hardest. He <laughs> takes every coach leaving yeah, the hardest. And he's really developed a cool I he's just, a if he would have, if he would have, uh, if he would have known Marvin, if he would have been covering it too, he would have been like, oh, yeah. he would have been heartbroken over that one too. I mean, gosh, <laughs> that's funny. But, um, but yeah, so, so I guess, um, I guess like other than that, anything that you're looking for in the tourney, uh, pen's down 13 now. All right, never mind. I knew it. I think the good. I don't know why I did this. This is dumb. <laughs> Should have done it. Yeah, I just thought it was the best chance. Yeah. That's right. All right. Next time. Wow. Anyway, um, anything else you're looking for in the tournament? No. Um, looking forward to maybe just random matchups or anything like that. Uh, no, but I, I just want to believe. I don't know. Like with you know, Emerson is just very playing on Sapper's basketball right now, and. Uh, it's really cool to see how they've grown every week, mm -hmm. uh, especially with Coach Jans, like, uh, you know, Jamario. Those press, press conferences are always, like, so interesting with Jamario and Coach Jans, because yeah. they get into it, like, just, like, you know, they, they can just sense the love for the team. And they're always, like, you know, clapping hands, making fun things. So, you know, it's good to see. It's a real big positive that our bands are solid, or we're starting to make the three balls, uh, uh, bands, you know, all that, you know, it's just, it's, it's going to equal to, yeah. I think, a win in this tournament. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, well, thanks, Jonah, for coming on. I think we'll end it here. Let's um, let's hope that NMSU can get these two upsets. Yeah. Um, well, first we'll off, they got to take care of what's in yeah. front of them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I and I guess for everyone that doesn't know, obviously NMSU's playing tomorrow, which is Friday. Um, I'm not even sure what television station. It says True TV. Is it True TV? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it should be. It's the last game of the first round, so it should be. Yeah, True, True TV tips off at 7.57, so about 8 o'clock yeah. here. Um, it's it's coming from San Diego. Um, and so for all for all the listeners, um, you can uh, follow uh, the Roundup on Twitter and also be checking for our um, Instagram stories and all that different stuff as Dirk's out there covering it for us um, at uh, Roundup underscore sports. And... Uh, 
I guess Derek on Twitter is Derek with Lovis 34. Yeah. Unless he changed it for like the 10th yeah, time. I'll be like tweeting the game for the new round. Yes, yes. So. yes. Um, and and yeah, other than that, we'll have some post-game wrap, uh, some recaps and some analysis. And I think we'll actually be having some recaps or some pre-game notes and things like that going yeah. up beforehand. So um, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do a final score for Clemson and MSU. Oh, you're going to make me do that. Well, like I said, top defenses. So I'm going to say 69-65. Who wins? MSU, of course. Alright, I'm going um I'm gonna go like sixty-five to sixty MSU. I like it. I give them five points. Yeah. So I think right now, I don't know what Vegas has it at. I think it's like I think the Clemson's five point favorite. Five or six. Oh, yeah. I don't know how. I, it's actually a that's a low line for a twelve. Well, it's it's a it's an okay line. But anyways. Um, but yeah, thanks Jonah for coming on, yes, sir. and um, I guess for all the listeners, be sure to tune in, watch the Aggies, and uh, follow us on uh, on Twitter, and uh, look for all of our updates on our website. If you don't have Twitter, you can go on our website and go under the sports tab, and it'll have the it'll have a live uh, Twitter um, updates as well. So anything that Twitter sees, you can see online uh, for game updates and everything like that. If you can't watch the game, and I guess with that said. We'll uh, we'll see everyone. Um, hopefully, when NMS is in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see everyone see next you. time here on the Round of Sports podcast.